This time of year always brings back so many memories. Getting your classroom ready to teach, going to professional development, whether you wanted to or not. But I remember one professional development that has stayed with me through the years. And the lady was an author of a book, and of course she was plugging her book. But she said one thing that stuck with me I've never forgot. She said, when you think about your dreams, do you really intend going through them? She said, what I want you to do from now on good stuff. Write your dreams down. Then start praying about them every day. And then start believing that you can do it. Wow. One of my dreams was to write a song. I listened to my dad preach his whole life. And I thought, wow. If I could just touch one person with a song, like my dad. I just didn't get it, people. I just didn't get it. One Sunday morning, it had been a wild week. One of my daughters had had a wreck again. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you which one, but y'all can guess. Um, Trey had gotten hurt doing some stupid stuff. Heather was just being Heather. We had had a singing the night before and I sang. And that's all I did. I sang. I got home and I thought, if that's all I'm going to do, I don't need to be doing it. If I can't feel the song, if I can't mean the song, I need to sit down. And I prayed. I prayed over my dreams. The next morning I woke up. It was weird. I was singing a song. I thought, man, that's a good song. <laughs> Somebody needs to sing that. And then I realized, that's my song. Me and I started writing. I wrote really fast so I wouldn't forget it. But there was no forgetting it. God had put it on my heart. I learned that morning a real big lesson. It wasn't going to be what I could do. But what God could do through me. And I wrote my song. And I've been singing it ever since. I want to share it again with you. I hope. I don't know. I have a great big God. And a lot of times we get so boggled down with life that we forget where God brought us from. And the simple fact is that Jesus loves us so much and wants to work through us if we'll just let him. How many times 
because God so richly blessed us. And yet we still are worried and complain. God has a problem solved before we ask Him. In a still quiet voice within your heart, He'll say, loves you
you have your Bibles this morning, look with me in the book of Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Philippians 1 and verse 6. I have one verse that I want to start at this morning. This week at Teen Camp, our speaker started here in Philippians 1, 6 and went throughout the book of Philippians further in chapter 1. Uh, but I was stuck here for the rest of the week in one verse. It had me. Uh, and I want to preach to you on this verse this morning. I ask you to stand in reverence of the Word of God. What a holy book we have in our hands. A book that we ought to give our ultimate respect and reverence to. I'll tell you, God's been good to us this morning. What a wonderful presence that's been in this place today. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Philippi. And he said in Philippians chapter 1, and in verse 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. I want to read that verse one more time. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Your Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord, give me power from on high to preach your word the way you designed it. God, there's no doubt that you're in this this morning. And Lord, I pray every word and everything that will be said will be said in accordance to your will. Oh God, give me help this morning. I'm just an humble servant and I need you. We don't need to hear from me, but we need to hear from you today. And God, I pray that you would save souls. And Lord, I pray that you would watch over this place and you would move in this place. Get the devil out of this place. Get every distraction out of this place. God, help us to focus on one simple question. Am I saved? Am I saved? Lord, I'm thankful that I know the answer to that question. Thank you for that blessed assurance to know the answer to that question. Simple, elementary, am I saved? I love you and I pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. I want to speak to you on this subject and very simple question. Question I want to ask you today. Question I want us to ask ourselves very simply. Am I saved? Am I saved? If you go around and you go around Hamburg, and you go around the state of Arkansas, and you go around the United States, and you ask anybody, everybody, are you a Republican or are you a Democrat? You get a very brief, quick answer, because they know what they are. I'm a Republican. I'm a Democrat. You go around, you ask the question, do you like Donald Trump? It's not going to take them very long to get an answer, because they know. They simply know. And you go around and you ask people all kinds of different questions. Well, what do you believe about uh, abortion? And they're going to be quick to come out and say, well, I believe this. Well, what do you believe about same-sex marriage? And, and it, they're not going to have to think very long because it's going to be brief, it's going to be quick, because they know where they stand. And it's amazing to me when it comes to politics and it comes to economics and it comes to material possessions, we know exactly where we stand. And there's no hesitation in what we believe or where we stand. But when it comes to the spiritual things of God, it is amazing the doubt 
that the devil has filled in this world. You can ask somebody, where do you stand on politics? And boom, you got an answer. Where do you stand when it comes to this issue or this issue? Boom, you have an answer. But when you ask the simple question, are you saved? Are you saved? This past week I went through Broken Bow, Oklahoma with about six uh, junior and senior in high school and we went around uh, through Next Camp and we went around the town and we went to business to business, middle class people, and we began to witness to them and we asked the simple question, are you saved? And you've never in your life heard so much doubt. Well, I hope so. Well, I think so. If you died right now, where would you go? Well, man, I hope heaven. And I I bet we talked to 12 or 15 people. And every single time, it was so much doubt and so much unsure about where they were going. But if you ask them about politics, they knew exactly where they stood. And may I tell you, there's a lot of important questions and there's a lot of things that we need to make decisions about on this earth. But listen to me this morning. There is one question we must answer today and the question is, am I saved? Because that question will follow us throughout all of eternity. When it comes to eternity, it doesn't matter where you stand in politics. It doesn't matter where you stand with Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter where you stand with social issues. All that matters, am I saved? Am I saved? It's amazing that we walk around in the Bible Belt with so much doubt and the unsurety simply, am I saved? If Jesus came back today, that's the only question that would matter. Am I saved? If Jesus split split the eastern sky wide open today, that would be the only question that mattered. If you didn't make it home because of a car wreck, that's the only question that matters today. Am I saved? The Apostle Paul addressed the question, Am I saved? And I'm glad today that you can know whether or not you're saved. And my prayer today is that you leave this place with the confidence of Jesus Christ and the Word of God on your life. And I pray that every person walks out of this place with confidence in who they believe. I hope to know that you know who you believe. I hope you're persuaded that He's able to keep that which you've committed against Him that day. I'm glad today I can know. Are you saved? The Apostle Paul says it like this. Number one, Paul had confidence in salvation. The word confidence there in verse 6, he said being confident of this very thing. He told the church uh, uh, in Philippians here, he said being confident of this very thing. The word confident meant fully persuaded. He said, I know that I know and I'm persuaded by everything and all that I am. He said, I know. Aren't you glad that you can know? Aren't you glad that you can be fully persuaded? He didn't say, I think. He doesn't say, I hope. He doesn't say, I wonder. He said that I am confident. I am confident. I am glad today that God can give His people confidence in what He's done. 
And I want you to know today that if you've been saved by the precious blood of Jesus, that you can have confidence in what God has done in your life. If you are wondering, I don't know if I died right now where I would go. I don't know if I'm saved or not. That is not of God, but that is of the devil. Because he gives his people confidence. Do not sit there and wonder. Because Jesus may come back today. He may call your name today. And this may be the last day of your life. And you better know and you better have confidence. And you better be fully persuaded in what God has done in your life. You say, preacher, can you know? Absolutely you can know. Can, can I know that I'm saved? Can I know that I'm going to heaven? Absolutely. Praise the Lord. You can know. You can have the confidence of the Apostle Paul. And you say, well, brother, how do we know? Well, number one, we know by the sealing of the Spirit of God. You see, the Apostle Paul knew that he was saved because the Holy Spirit of God, one day when he got saved, the Holy Spirit came into his heart and sealed him. The Bible said in uh, Ephesians, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. The very day the Apostle Paul met Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God entered into his life and indwelled him. You know how you can know because if you're saved, the Holy Spirit of God is living inside of you. And if you are saved today and the Holy Spirit of God is living inside of you, that's how you can know today. Because if God manifests Himself in spirit to you, you know. People say, well, I don't know. Well, you ain't never met the Spirit of God then. You say, well, well, preacher, is it that easy? It is that easy. Because the day that I got saved, I can't explain everything, but I know God entered into me that day. And He did something within my heart. And I'm telling you, there's days that I can go back to, Brother Hayden, that every day the Holy Spirit was walking with me and talking with me. And the very moment that I met Jesus, the Holy Spirit came in and sealed my soul. He sealed me. He keeps me. He came and He made a promise in me. You say, preacher, how do I know that I'm saved? Because the Holy Spirit of God is resting inside of you. And I'm telling you, child of God, if the Holy Spirit's in you, you know it. Well, brother Josh, I don't know. If the Holy Spirit's in you, you know. If God is big enough, He's going to stick out somewhere. I'm telling you, He's big enough that when He enters into somebody, you know that you know that you know because the Holy Spirit of God is resting inside of us. And the Holy Spirit of God has sealed us into the day of redemption. Friend, I'm His until He calls me home. I know because the Holy Spirit sealed me. And not only are we sealed by the Spirit, but bless God, we're secured by the Word. The Apostle Paul said, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. He said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He said, Preacher, how do I get saved? You do it the way the Word tells you to do it. You don't get saved by what religion tells you. You don't get saved by, by what a man tells you. You get saved by the Word of God. And the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Man didn't come up with salvation. God did. And I'm telling you, if you're going to get saved, you're going to have to do it God's way. And God's Word tells us how to be saved. You say, how is it? We humble ourselves, we repent of our sins, and we ask Jesus to come into our life and save us. That's salvation. Say, how do you know? Because the Word of God says so. Is that enough, preacher? Absolutely. 
Do you know how you can know that you're saved? You take your salvation experience and you compare it to the Word of God. And you allow the Word of God to tell you if you did it the right way or not. We sit here and we battle, am I saved, am I saved, did I do it the right way? If you want to know, open the book of Romans and you apply your salvation and your experience to the book of Romans and you let the Word of God give you some security of your salvation. I'm telling you, that devil enters in and he gives me doubt. That devil, he's a liar, he's a loser, but bless God, he's limited. And let me tell you, that devil comes in and he tries to get me to doubt. But I can go back. That devil tells me, oh, you're by yourself in this. But oh, the Word of God gives me assurance that he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world, that he never leave me nor forsake me. Aren't you thankful for the promises of God? And it's by those very promises that we can have assurance of our salvation. That if you do it this way, that God will save your soul. You don't need to compare it to a religion. You don't have to compare it to anybody else. You have to compare your experience to this right here. And if you did it this way, then God saved your soul. And you let the Word of God give you security in what He's done. I want you to look in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Not only was Paul secured by the Word, but Paul was saved by the Savior. And I'm going to tell you something. For somebody to sit there over and over and over, I don't know. I don't know. Am I saved? I don't know. And to battle over and over and over. Well, see, the Spirit has done sealed him. The Word has done secured him. But most of all, the Savior saved him. The Savior saved him. Won't you look in 1 Timothy chapter 1. And in verse 12, he said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry, who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, injurious. But I, bless God, obtained mercy. Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. He's going back to what He used to be. And He begins to address the grace of God. He said, this is a faithful saying, worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of who I am chief. Paul didn't know a lot, but he knew this, that Jesus saved his soul. He said, if you knew where I come from and where I am today, the only reason where I am today is because Jesus saved my soul. Because He bought me and redeemed me and cleaned me and forgave me. I'm telling you, when Jesus saves you, you know that He has saved you. We have put salvation in this thing that if we say the right words, if we walk the aisle the right time, if we get enough emotion going, friend, that ain't got nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is crying out to a holy and righteous God and begging the Son of God to come down and to save you from the sin that you're in. And that's the only way that you can be saved. And if you've never cried out to Him, then you need to be saved today. Because it's the only way that you're going to get to go to heaven. Say, am I saved? Well, has the Savior ever saved you? If the Savior's ever saved you, you're saved. And if the Savior has saved you, bless God, you know that He saved you. I've forgotten a lot of days, but I never forgot the day that Jesus saved me. Aren't you glad the day He saved you? He gave you confidence. But not only did Paul have confidence, but he had conception in salvation. I want you to think about Acts chapter 9. You don't have to turn there. But think about the experience of Saul on his way to Damascus to kill Christians. Do you all remember that story? And God met him there. Do you remember the beginning of all that? In Philippians chapter 1. Go back to Philippians 1. 
Go back to our text there. Being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you. He had confidence because Jesus began a new work in Him. He had confidence because something was started. There was a conception. There was a conception there that Paul had a beginning. And let me tell you something. If you're saved, you can always go back to something. And Paul went back to the road to Damascus. And if you remember what started that situation was that God sought after the life of Saul. The Bible said that he was on his way and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. He was going about his business, doing what he always did, persecuting Christians. And all of a sudden, a light came down and stopped him. What was that? That was the glory of God. God got his attention. God was stopping him. God was interrupting his life to save his soul. God was interrupting what he was doing in order to save him. Aren't you glad that God interrupted you? Aren't you glad that God sought after you? Aren't you glad that when you didn't go after God, that God came after you? Aren't you glad that when you couldn't reach up, He could reach down? Aren't you glad that He sought you when you weren't seeking Him? He loved you when you didn't love Him? I'm telling you, He showed grace on you when you didn't even know who He was. And there was this old sinner walking this road. And all of a sudden, the light from heaven shined down. It was God getting His attention. I'm telling you, I forgot a lot of days, but I'll never forget the day, Brother Carl, that that light shone in my life. And God stopped everything I was doing to show me who He was. You remember that conviction that God put you in? Not only did God seek after the life of Saul, but He shook the life of Saul. If you remember, the Bible said this was a big, angry man seeking Christians. He was going to Damascus to to get after these Christians to persecute and to kill. Tough, mean, prideful. The Bible said when the, the light came down, that Saul fell down to the ground. You see, when God got a hold of this man, he shook his life. You know, I forgot a lot of days, but I have never forgot the day that God shook my life up. And I'm telling you, He can take the biggest of men and bring them down to their face. God can put you on your knees. We can walk around here prideful and arrogant and think, well, God can't get me. God is going to seek you one day. And when God seeks you, He will shake you. And He can shake you to the place to bring you down to your face and your knees. I'm telling you, God knows how to humble a man. Amen? God knows how to shake our life. And He shook this man. He shook this man. And this mean man, this man that hated Christians, this man that persecuted the things of God, two things about this man, it said that he trembled. The word tremble means to shake, to quiver because of fear. God met him, and when God met him, he began to shake because of fear. I remember the day that I was lost. You see, before you get saved, you've got to get lost. If you want to get all the way saved, you got to get all the way lost. And this man got saved because he got lost first. The Bible said that he trembled. He was shaking for fear. The coach calls him, I'm thankful that I know I'm going to heaven. But there was a day I was going to hell. There was a day that I knew if I died right then and there, I was going to spend eternity in hell. I was trembling out of fear. I knew what I deserved. I knew that I was a sinner. And I knew without a personal relationship with Jesus, I was going there. And I can remember the fear of hell 
like it was this morning. And I forgot a lot of things, Brother Frank, but I never forgot the thought of hell. That if I died right now, I'm going to go to hell. And this July, 21 years ago, I remember sitting there at Hyde Park Missionary Baptist Church, preacher preaching on hell. I began to tremble. I began to shake. I began to quiver, Brother Allen, because of thought that I'm without Jesus and I'll never see Him, that I'm going to die without Him. And I trembled and I was astonished. The Bible said that he trembled and he was astonished. That means to be caught off guard. That means to get your attention. And it hit me like it's never hit me before that if I died right now, I'm going to spend eternity in hell. And I began to fear and I began to tremble and I began to shake and my life was shaken and I began to cry and I began to think, oh God, if I died without you and I wouldn't walk down that aisle. Man, I squeezed that pew till I nearly broke it in half. Because I was trembling. Oh, Brother Carl, I remember shaking and quivering out of the fear of hell. God can shake you up. Amen. And I'll never forget the day He shook me. And I sat there and I sat there. Oh, preacher, would you just hush? Oh, preacher, just hush and let's get it over with. Oh, not today. The Bible said today's the accepted time. Today's the day of salvation. I said, no, God, no, God. Oh, that preacher just shut up. Oh, man, if that preacher just quit preaching, I can escape from this. You might can escape the preacher, but you can't escape the Holy Spirit of God. And oh, I got out. I said, oh, praise God. I've, I've, man, I beat it. I went running out. The Holy Spirit just began to shake me. I began to quiver. And I ran to my dad. I said, oh, dad. Dad, I'm dying and I'm going to hell today. Oh, dad, I know that I know that I know I'm going to hell. Oh, dad, I need Jesus. I need to be saved. And he said, come on, let's go get in the truck. That's the dumbest thing ever done in my life. Let's go get in the truck. If you know you're going to hell, don't go get in a truck. Because <laughs> you don't know if you're going to make it home. And we got to my parents' house. He took me in there by his bed. He said, son, I can't save you. But I know a man who can. This little old 13-year-old boy didn't know a lot, but I knew this. I was dying and going to hell without Jesus. And that day I fell on my face and I asked Jesus to save me. And Jesus saved me that day. And the Holy Spirit sealed me. And the Word of God secured me. Man, the fear, the trembling that I was in. It was that same Apostle Paul that said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. With fear and trembling. If you're here this morning and you shake, if you're here this morning and God is shaking you, today is the day of salvation. But look in Philippians 1 and verse 6, if you're with me, say Amen. Paul said, I'm confident that he which hath begun a good work, and here it is, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Look in Luke chapter 13, and we're going to be done. Luke 13. <clears throat> Paul had confidence that what God started in his life, he would perform it. He would finish it. I want you to look to Luke 13. And the very same Greek word used there in the book of Philippians is used here in the book of Luke. 
And this is something that Jesus is saying here. And I want you to look in Luke 13 and verse 31. The same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out, and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye, and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. That same word that Paul used to perform, that God is going to perform this work in His act, is the same word that Jesus used here in verse 32 to say the third day I shall be perfected. That to finish, Jesus said, I don't care what Herod does. He cannot stop me from finishing what I started. Listen now, look at me, every eye. Jesus said, Send Herod, send Pilate, send the Roman government. They cannot stop what I started to do. I've got my eyes set on Jerusalem. And I'm going there where no matter what you do, regardless of what you think, I'm going to Calvary. And on the third day, I'm going to defeat death, hell, and the grave. And there's nothing you can do about it. Because what God has started... It will be performed, perfected, or finished. Paul had the confidence that God started something in me. That if He can start something in me, bless God, He can finish it. It don't matter how many times you tell me to go to hell, I can't go there. Hello? Let me say that again. I don't care how many times you tell me to go to hell, I can't go there. Because what God has started in me, bless God, He'll finish it. He'll finish it. Well, I believe you can lose your salvation. Well, you need to get in the Word of God. <laughs> because what God started in you, He alone will finish it. It's by His work, by His power, by His blood that we are saved. It's not by us, but it's by Him. And no matter what He's done in your life, if He started it, He will finish it. Do you know why I know that I'm saved? Because there's a longing inside of my soul for a place that I've never been before. Oh, I want to sing, but I'll run y'all out of here. I'm kind of homesick for a place I've never been before. Because I know that there's coming a day that the redemption that Jesus did in my heart and soul, bless God, Brother Hayden, He's going to finish it. And He gave me a promise. I'm coming again. I'm coming again. Y'all deaf this morning. Y'all didn't hear me. Jesus said, I'm coming again. You know how I know that I'm saved? Because He's coming again. When Job got down at the lowest of lows and everything was going bad, he said, take my health, take, take my wife, take my kids, take my servants, take it all, for I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded. No, that's a wrong verse. What is it? For I know my Redeemer lives, and He shall stand at the latter day upon the end of the earth. And though my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Oh, I'm glad today that what God has started in my soul, He will finish it. And He gave me a promise. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, it ain't going to stop Him from coming back. Well, I'm an atheist. Well, one day you'll be a believer. Because <laughs> He's coming. Because what He started, He will finish. I don't know a lot. I don't know who's going to run this country. I don't know everything. But I know this. Jesus has saved me. 
And I know if I die today, I'm going to heaven. Preacher, I don't know. Then you better get saved. I don't know. You better get saved. Brother Hayden came to me the other day and he said, Brother Josh, I'm scared to death of these people that doubt their salvation. I don't know what to do. Let me tell you something. I don't care if you got to jump through hoops to get confidence. You do whatever you got to do to have the same confidence that Paul had. I'm confident of this thing. If you need to cry out to God to get confidence today, then cry out to Him. Whatever you got to do to get that confidence, you do it. And God will save your soul. And God will give you confidence. One question that matters. Am I saved? Every person in this room, would you ask yourself this question? Am I saved? Who cares if you're a Baptist? Who cares that you're a Methodist? Who cares what your background is? Are you saved? Well, my grandma, praise God for mamma, but are you saved? Do you know Jesus? Right here, right now, it's time to let go of the world. It's time to let go of the lies and the deception of the devil. And it's time to get confidence. It's time to get security in the things of God. Oh, be saved today. Oh, if I had one doubt, I would run to the altar today. If I had one question about my eternity, I wouldn't put it off. I'd get things done today.